Hi, I'm Marianne Welsh, and you're listening to the Unlock More podcast, a show for professional leaders with a yearning for more. I'm an executive career coach, and in each episode, I'll take an in-depth look at what holds people back and give practical tips for stepping up. If you're ready to scare the life out of yourself for the thrill of achieving your dreams, then stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the second episode of Unlock More. This time I look at what links my recent halted garden project a few months ago with the burnout I suffered in my late 20s. Here's a clue. It all boils down to confidence or lack of it. Pick up a few tips on what to do if you've lost yours and why the work of getting back in the driving seat is so worth it. I'm excited to be back. And it has been quite a vulnerable time for me since I put the first podcast out. I'm someone who tends to learn by doing. And I don't think there's ever been a time in my work where I haven't learned completely on the job. I seem to do the learning in action and then I go back and find all the books that were written about what I just did. So you are experiencing me in my learning journey. (laughs) And putting the podcast out last week was definitely very, I felt very exposed, shall I say. And I think it's because I, I know that with a bit of practice, these are going to get better. And I suppose my deep fear is that I'm going to put people off in the process, but I just have to let go of that. So welcome back. If you've made it back, if you've decided to come back for more, I hope that today is going to be useful, be valuable for you. I'm just going to be sharing a little bit about what I've learned from all of the clients that I've worked with over the past years. And actually, it was reinforced to me in a personal experience in the last week myself. So today we are going to be talking about the number one obstacle to unlocking more in your career and life in Marianne's experience. And I'd love to give you some tips about how you might start to tackle it, the it the thing, the number one obstacle. So here we go. I was thinking about unlocking more and all humans, I believe, are actually designed to grow. I'm sure you'd agree with me. Animals grow, plants grow, nations grow. I think you get my point. Wherever there's life, there's growth. And so I think we're made, we're always made to grow. So we're made to step into the more. And any time that we're not moving into the more, we're not unlocking more in our lives, we're not in that place of growth. We're really, I think because of the nature of how the world works, if things aren't growing, they're dying. I think everything does perish to a certain degree. I'm getting a bit deep here. Anyway, I think you get my point. Everything either grows or it's perishing. And the enemy to growth is really, I hate to say it, or the enemy to life, is actually death. So if we're not growing, then we are probably receding, perishing, you know, kind of the the opposite is, is decaying, isn't it? So I think we're naturally designed to grow. And when we don't grow, what happens is we kind of recede. And I often describe it as a bit of a an escalator analogy. It's like to grow, it's almost like we have to walk up a moving escalator that's going down. If we stop, we find ourselves going back almost going backwards on that escalator and 
the problem is that sometimes we get into these places where we really want to unlock more in our lives but we actually get stuck and we don't know how to move forwards and so what happens is we do start receding backwards and I'm going to give you a very basic simple example from my life um we moved into a new house two years ago it was actually a beautiful new house brand new house and we have a lovely quite a big garden but it is a complete blank canvas it's literally a patio and some grass I mean it was very exciting when we moved in because it was like oh we can do this we can do that but I've got to this point two years later where we know that we want to change it, but we actually just have no idea what to do. And every day I look outside and our grass seems a little bit mankier and the fences around us look a little bit greener with moss and they look a little bit wetter and they look, bit, they just look a bit crap, to be honest. <laughs> um, and I get really frustrated and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want a beautiful garden. But neither of us, neither me or my husband, are gardeners. And we literally don't know where to start. I mean, we had a guy who came in at the beginning who showed us that he kind of did this plan for us. But I, we didn't really, I don't think it really resonated with us. So we've never really done anything. And also we were like, oh my gosh, this is going to cost so much. So what's happened is we've just stopped. And as a result, it's like the garden is just receding, you know, that, that escalator analogy. And we just feel completely stuck. So my point being, I decided at the beginning of the year, I've got to stop waiting. Okay, I'm going to be totally honest here. I've got to stop waiting for my husband. <laughs> Sorry, James. Um, I think I've been waiting for him to take action. And I've realised that, bless him, he's got a really busy job. And I think he's someone that likes to have a plan, whereas I'm a doer. And we're somewhere along the lines, the two of us have got a bit stuck because we're waiting for each other. So... Um, one of the ways that I approach life, and if any of you work with me or have worked with me, you'll know that I say, like, if it's to be, it's up to me. And I realised at the beginning of the year, like, if I want this garden to be sorted, it's up to me. So I thought, OK, what's what's the first step? So I, I've actually started reaching out to some gardeners uh, or some landscape people, various people um, to start that process. And I was having a conversation with a guy. I wish I could I could remember the name of his company because then I could give a shout out. He was called Andrew <laughs> at something. Anyway, he was great. He just asked me a whole bunch of questions and he helped me to see that what I, I mean, I'm going to go into this in a little bit, but he, he helped me to see a number of things. But the big thing that he helped me to realise was the problem, like, although I think the problem is I don't have vision and I don't know how to make it work. Like, yes, those are problems. I mean, actually, my husband and I, we have talked about what we want the garden to look like. And we have actually done quite a lot of work with that. So we have done a bit of envisioning. We have also, we're not stupid. So we know that there are some practicalities and we know that there's money and we know that money could be a bit of a limiting factor. But the thing that he, he landed on was that really what it was, was that we were lacking confidence. And as soon as he said it, I just knew that that was what the problem was. The problem is not, like I can do new things, the thing is that I don't have the confidence at the moment. I've never been a gardener before. I've never done this before. And I don't really have a grid for, I suppose, what I'm doing, like where, where we're going. And I actually just need to get a little bit of confidence. And what he said was, you know, once I get a little bit of confidence, then I'll be able to build on that confidence. And the reason I tell you this story is because it's exactly the same when clients come to me. 
often the thing which is stopping them is like they know the practicalities of like, okay, I want to change jobs or I want to change careers. They know roughly what needs to happen. But often when we really drill down and we get to the bottom of what's stopping them, it's often confidence. And that confidence can, you know, that can be quite low for quite, you know, for a number of reasons. It could be that they've had a bad experience in the past. It could be that they've just never done this before. It could be that, you know, they've got some perhaps some faulty beliefs that they've picked up as a child, you know, perhaps their parents have said, oh, you're never going to amount to anything. Or, you know, there's lots of different reasons why we lose our confidence. Or it's just like, they're just not like I was with the garden. Like I've not done this before. And, you know, I'm just trying to think, I think the only plants, we've, we've planted a few roses, and frankly, they actually look really rubbish. So I don't have a lot of confidence that if I'm going to spend lots of money in the garden, that it's actually going to, you know, all of that because every time we go to the garden centre, oh my goodness, all of those of you who are actually amazing gardeners, you probably know, it just seems to add up. <laughs> and I'm not really into like planting all this stuff in my garden to find out that um, it's just going to die. So I think that's where the confidence comes in. And of course, you know, if you're looking at changing your career or you're wanting to change your lifestyle, like you do actually, you want a bit of confidence that if you're going to put this, put this energy into changing, if you're going to invest time energy money um you know all your resources I mean like I was talking to someone who'd started a he started a, his own business about 18 months ago and um he's worked his absolute butt off over the last 18 months and um they put their product out and sadly it's it's not they've not had much success with it and he's put his heart and soul into it and he's at this jumping off you know he's at this point where it's like oh my gosh, like, do I carry on? Like, I've literally, like, this is like having a baby. Like, it's it's putting so much into that. And I remember that when I was, you know, I started up a couple of businesses back in my 20s. It's like that, like, you've put so much investment in. And, um, you know, if it hasn't worked out, it is really difficult to get your confidence. So what exactly is confidence? I had a look at the definition of it. I, I came up with a couple of definitions. These were online. The first one is the Oxford Dictionary Online. The second one is the Cambridge one. And the first definition is the feeling or belief that one can have faith in or rely on someone or something. And the second definition was the quality of being certain of your abilities or having trust in people, plans or the future. So someone who's got high confidence they're probably going to be trying things out taking risk finding a way through no matter what they've probably got more of an attitude of things are going to work out I can trust other people I would say they're probably yeah there's probably more boldness in terms of the way that they approach life low confidence I have to say that I've definitely been in this place myself I've probably experienced both actually um low confidence I would say, you know, you're probably going to be trying to mitigate risk. I see this all the time. So when people have low confidence, they get into over planning, particularly when it comes to careers and work, they can really get into this kind of analysing every which way to get to where they want to get to. I call it like analysis paralysis. You probably heard that expression. I think low confidence can often manifest in perfectionism. I remember when I was quite early in my career, when I had worked as a recruitment consultant, and I had, you know, my low confidence manifested in never wanting to take any risk in case it would mess up my CV. I never wanted to have a gap on my CV 
because I felt like that was going to make me completely un- unemployable. And so sometimes it comes across as perfectionism. Um, we can get into like when we're low conf- low in confidence, we start protecting ourselves. We prefer the route of staying safe and comfortable. If you haven't listened to my podcast from last month, I talked about being in the comfort zone. So we're starting to get into that kind of territory. It might look like avoiding. And I think when we start to avoid stuff, we have to find ways of keeping ourselves in that place of avoidance. Um, not feeling feelings and I think that's when we start numbing out when we numb out too much I have this expression I describe it's like we start flatlining so we actually are so numb that we don't even feel our feelings we don't have any highs or lows we're just flatlining in life and we almost lose connection with our desires and it could also look like becoming quite controlling so I don't know I mean someone who really is avoiding you know I suppose the tip of that would be perhaps very controlling or you know, really, really avoiding life might become very hermitized, (laughs) if that's a word. And the other way it might manifest is also becoming a bit of a naysayer of others' dreams. If you've ever shared about your own dreams, you might, you might have experienced other people being like, oh, no, you'll, you know, you'll never be able to do that. That's never going to be possible. And I think that sometimes is a bit of a manifestation of someone that hasn't stepped out, who hasn't, you know, they haven't had a lot of confidence in themselves. So why would, why would they have confidence in it working out for someone else so so I'm just contrasting the two I think it's really important you know when if you are low in confidence you know at this point and you know I had this with my garden as well like just start to think about the prices you pay I mean particularly when it comes to um, careers or the more significant decisions that we we get to make in life um, you know some of the prices that you could pay from having low confidence are you know stagnating um going back to that idea of like the moving escalator you start put you know finding yourself going back um and one of the things which my clients say to me um quite regularly is that you know once when they do come to me it's like they they can see because their confidence is going down it's like it becomes this spiral it's like this self-perpetuating spiral and the prices that others pay could be feeling judged by you if you if you're in that kind of naysayery state they could feel you know if you're feeling very anxious or you've numbed out they could feel um they could start picking that up and so it's just not a great place for you for anyone um and i certainly have been there um certainly in my career and i'm going to share about that in a second by now you're probably thinking oh my gosh i really don't <laughs> i really don't want to stay in this place of low confidence um you know i'm i'm hungry to find that confidence to to step out and step into the more step into more of what I want in my life so um how do you find the confidence again well I've got a few little tips which I thought I'd share with you one was really percolating overnight the first thing you can do and I'll share a little bit about my story with regards to this is you could just do nothing and wait till it's so painful and so uncomfortable and you're so miserable um that you almost get to that point where you have no other choice but to jump (laughs) and I'm not sure I would totally recommend this although for me it actually did work out so early on in my career I had quite a high pressured corporate job I was actually I was actually pretty good at it it worked for me for the organization because I was super ambitious and you know, they wanted people who, you know, they almost like tapped into that ambition. Um, so it was long hours. It was like, I often describe it as like, 
you feel like they want your blood, but there's a payoff for it because, you know, you're climbing the ladder and you're just getting that sense of self-worth from achieving and performing. And it worked for me for quite a while, but deep down there was this thing inside of me that was just like, no, this, you know, I, I felt restricted. I felt like I was losing my life. I mean, I remember I'd just like walk up and down the same little bit of corridor. I'd be in one of those sheep fattening pens, is how I describe it, <laughs> day in, day out. Um, and don't get me wrong, like some people, they like that, um, that very structured way of working. But for me, I felt very, very restricted. And I just got to the point where I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my energy levels, I was feeling really drained. It was becoming harder and harder for me to show up and to have energy for the work. And I was actually, I was really being fueled by adrenaline most of the time. And I just got to the point, I mean, it's a long, it's a much longer story where I essentially, in not making a choice, I actually got to the point where the amount of adrenaline that was, you know, that I was living on actually resulted in me having a burnout. So I just walked into, I took on a six month contract. I, I tried to leave the company that I did actually leave the company that I was working in. And then I made the mistake of taking another contract in a very similar organization. It had a different name, but I hadn't realized that just because a company's got a different name, it can still have a very similar culture. And um, within about two or three weeks, I realized that I'd made a terrible mistake. And I walked into HR and I was like, I'm so sorry, I can't do this job. And I finished that day, went home and I went to bed and I literally couldn't get up. I was in this kind of burnt out state and uh, it took me seven months to recover. So that's one option. <laughs> just don't do anything until your body tells you otherwise and you know do you know what that actually turned out to be the low point of my life which turned out to take me into a completely different life I mean it was the turning point and I often say to people you know I had my midlife crisis in my late 20s and I'm thankful for that now so that's that's one option that's one way of regaining your confidence but it was a it was quite a long journey back to finding that confidence and uh, it required a lot of support from other people and having to just rebuild my body as well so the second option is to just build up your own sense of self like your self-belief your self-trust and this is something which I've been really focusing on for myself as well in the last year and I've really seen the fruits of this so building self-belief you know I would say that's things like you know really understanding who you are like every single one of us is made so uniquely we're so amazing and um, we've all got you know abilities and strengths every single one of us is is different and so really understanding your uniqueness and how amazing you are and um, you know that's really going to build up your self-confidence and that's something which definitely my clients get through their you know through coaching that's a lot of you know a lot of what we we do is just building up that self-belief and realizing um I often say to people like a fish doesn't realize that it's such an amazing swimmer because it's just who it is and sometimes we just don't even realize what we have going for us because it's just you know we're just swimming around in the ocean and, and we just think that's normal so obviously that that's a pretty obvious one but i think the other thing is also tuning into your own intuition in terms of my career when i started to really listen to those deep inner desires and that deep voice and actually to be honest if i'd listened to that deep that voice 
deep down inside of me, that still small voice back in my 20s, I may not have ended up in a burnout. And I now make it a very, very big priority to make sure that I'm consistently listening to my own intuition, to my own sense of what's right, what's wrong, what's the path, what's the next step. And I, you know, I remember speaking to someone that I've worked quite closely with, who's also a leadership coach. And we were just, you know, he said, I've realized, Marianne, that, you know, the leaders who are the most powerful leaders are actually the ones who trust themselves. And as soon as he said it, I was like, yes, that is it. That is it. So self-trust, it's an absolute key. And there are things that you can do to build up your own self-trust. So just, just very simple stuff. Like, you know, if we make an agreement with ourselves, like this is all the stuff that other people may not see, actually following through with the things that we say that we're going to do, even if it's, you know, decisions that we make that no one else sees us make. And there's something about that integrity. So I would say that's certainly the other way. So the first way that you can build your confidence is, is just wait until you don't have any other choice. Just don't make a choice. Second way to build or find your confidence again is to build up your own sense of self-belief and your own self-trust. And I would say linked in with that is also the third thing is actually not to be afraid to ask the bigger questions. I know when I had my burnout, I had to really, it really forced me to start to ask those bigger questions of life of like, you know, why am I here? Like, what is this world about? Um, and, you know, really understand what is your, what's the paradigm that you're living by? Because once you have a better appreciation of those questions, you might not get all the answers, but that will give you some I suppose, like beliefs by which to live by. For me, that's taken me on a spiritual journey. Um, and I have a very strong relationship with God. For me, it's through through Jesus. And that's become, a, he, that he has become the rock. He's, he's the one that's given me that strength, that faith, not only in myself, but, you know, but I have a, a good God who's looking out for me. I've got, you know, everyone's different and you need to go on that journey yourself but you know I've got one one client who you know her her plumb line as it were is intellect and then I've got other clients for whom it's like the universe um they're on their own spiritual journeys but you need to ask those big questions and I think the more you have a, a kind of like a belief in whatever your paradigm is for this life that's going to also build your confidence and then my final tip on how to find the confidence to step out, step into your more, is to find yourself a guide. So in every story, any film you've ever watched, every play that you've ever seen, well, I probably shouldn't say every because I'm sure there are some, but generally the story structure, and I hate to ruin it for you, is that the hero, I'm, not, I'm actually not going to go into loads of detail about that, but every hero tends to have a guide. And uh, I often say to my clients, like, I see you as the hero of your story. And actually, I see myself as your guide. A guide is super helpful because where you lack the confidence, they can be the ones who champion and pull out the gold in you. Like they see the gold probably way more easily than you do. And so, you know, getting getting people around you, whether it's a coach, whether it's mentors, you know, and there's no limit to how many that you can have. I, I started... I've partnered up with a work buddy um, from last Monday. We met up and we're just going to support each other, collaborate where we feel like there's there's opportunities. But that our main goal is to see each other succeed and um, and to be able to provide that, you know, that sounding, be a, be a sounding board and just build each other up so that we can be great in our area of 
expertise. And if you think of all those all those films that you've watched, like for example, in Lord of the Rings, you know Frodo, his his guide becomes Gandalf. Star Wars, you know, for Luke it was Obi Wan Kenobi. And then if you think about something like The Lion King, you know Simba's guides were Pumbaa and Timon. So you know, have a consider like who are the guides? Who are the people that you know? If you're struggling to get the confidence yourself, like ride off other people's confidence in you as well. And I think as you start to pull all of these different strands together, then, you know, gradually you find, and it may not be a gradual thing. I mean, it doesn't have to be a slow burner. It could be actually relatively quick. You know, I've had in the past, I, I can have one conversation with someone who helps me to unlock and see something from a different perspective and reconnect with that confidence. And before I know it, I'm back on track again. So today we've looked at how to unlock more by building our confidence We've looked at what confidence is. I've helped you to see like what high confidence is, low confidence. And then I've just given you some tips on how you might find your confidence again, if it's either low or it's disappeared altogether. So I hope that's been helpful and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you found it valuable, please like, comment and subscribe for more. And for more tips, find me on LinkedIn, search Marianne Welsh, or visit my website, mariannewelshcoaching.com, where you'll find more blogs and you can also book a chat with me. See you next time.